Welcome back, my podcast listeners. This is your host, Dr. Sam Rasul, and I want to welcome you back to our Well Scripted with Dr. Sam podcast. I, as I mentioned before, am your host, Dr. Sam Rasul, and I wanted to jump into our podcast four of our season one series, which we're going to be talking about healthcare in America. That's right. When it comes to healthcare, it's a hot topic. Um, on the political scale, it's a hot topic. On the federal or state um, scale, if you look at it and the reform that goes on, that word's thrown around so much. Healthcare reform, healthcare reform. We need healthcare reform. Whether you uh, stand on the Democratic, Republican side, liberal, conservative, federal or state laws that mandate about uh, healthcare regulations, it boils down to our healthcare system is broken. And a couple of facts and figures that really alarmed me and just jump off the page, jump off the, you know, this podcast right at you, whether you're driving in your car, or you're listening to this at home, things that really alarm me. I mean, anywhere you look, you know that we have an epidemic on our on our hands. Now, there's the pandemic we're dealing with with the COVID crisis right now, but there's been an epidemic that has been plaguing us, and it's a very well becoming a pandemic, and that's the opioid epidemic in this country, which is quickly getting on the global scale now, because many countries are starting to follow the example of the United States, but that's not a good thing. When you consider that the opioid epidemic in this country is costing the United States $56 billion a year. That's, yeah, that's right, billion with a B. That's according to the Health and Human Services Department. I'm going to zone in on one state in particular, and you'll figure it, and you're going to notice why in a second. The state of Ohio. The reason I'm talking about the state of Ohio, because in 2012, 793 million doses of opioids were prescribed. 793 million doses. Now, if you boil that down with Ohio's state population, that's enough to supply each man, woman, and child, yes, child, with 68 pills of opioids each for the year. Now, you know everybody's not taking opioids, but that just shows you how many prescriptions were given. Let's jump ahead. We talk about healthcare reform. So let's jump ahead a little bit. In 2016, when you think things are maybe, maybe they've changed for the better. Well, when roughly 20%, that's right, one in five in the state of Ohio is prescribed an opioid, one in five people is taking a prescribed opioid. Which leads me to my reason of why am I picking on Ohio? Well, the state of Ohio leads the nation leads the entire United States in overdose deaths. So the correlation is staggering. You can't avoid it even if it slaps you right in the face. And it's not just Ohio, guys. 140 deaths per day. 140 deaths per day in the United States from opioid use, many times overdoses. We've talked about this in previous podcasts, but it's worth mentioning again. You know, when it comes to healthcare, a lot of times people focus on the pharmaceuticals and how the pharmaceutical industry, although they've made advancements that are fantastic and we've made some amazing strides 
with our drug development to avoid certain ailments. And I give my hats off to all the scientists, doctors, and researchers to do that. However, when you look on a more grander scale, when the United States makes up roughly five, it's about 5.2% of the world's population, yet we consume 52% of the drugs worldwide. That's right, more than half of the drugs in the entire world are consumed by Americans. 80% of the painkillers in the world, that's right, 80% of the painkillers in the entire world are consumed by Americans. Well, I know what you're thinking. You're saying that's all fine and dandy because we're, you know, we're the United States and we have the means to do that and the wealth to do so. Well, when you look at the World Health Organization ranking the United States as 37th in health in the world, 37th, and if you were to see the list of countries that are ahead of us, it's just mind-boggling. So we're spending so much money on our health care, yet we're not a healthy people. you got to understand that the 37th in health is also pre-COVID. So if you throw in the corona crisis numbers and the number of deaths, even though we have some of the hardest working nurses, doctors, and healthcare professionals working on the front line each and every day, and our hats and our hearts go out to each and every one of them for the sacrifices they make. Pre-COVID, we were 20, we were 37th. Where are we now? And why is it so distraught? Well, the top three prescription drugs in this country are opioids, antibiotics, and antidepressants. But what about the side effects? If you watch any commercial in the United States, a pharmaceutical commercial on TV, on average, a 60-second ad, 40, anywhere between 45 to 48 seconds of the ad, 48 seconds of the ad is the side effects. It's absolutely mind-boggling that the immense side effects that are associated with a lot of these drugs. Opioids, for example, can lead many times, that's why we have the overdose stat that we talked about in the state of Ohio, a lot of times people have addiction and possible death that occurs from chronic opioid use. Antibiotics, chronic use of antibiotics every time you get sick can actually create a resistance to certain viral infections because viruses become resistant, as you've heard of uh, virus-resistant strands. And in addition, chronic use of antibiotics can actually change the DNA of your cells for the permanent and can be passed through the generations. So you're actually morphologically changing your DNA by using antibiotics uh, on a chronic basis. And of course, antidepressants. Antidepressants are notorious for not only decreasing your energy, but also a lot of other imbalances that come into the body which cause a lot of dysfunction. The hormone imbalances that antidepressants can cause may cause many of the individuals that are on these drugs for long periods of time to experience unexplained weight gain. And I say unexplained because people can't figure it out, but they look, they, they miss the giant pink elephant sitting in the room, which is the antidepressants because they're throwing their hormones out of balance. And also more and more research is coming out and showing how chronic use of antidepressants actually starts to cause sexual dysfunction in both men and women and sexual 
impotency. impotency. So you're talking about sexual dysfunction going down, and if you're in a healthy relationship with your spouse or significant other, and you're not able to have that component of your life and intimacy, how is that going to affect your depression? Let that sink in for a moment. Now, again, I use all these because they're not bad drugs. The opioids, the antibiotics, and the antidepressants, when used properly and for short term, can aid and affect and effectively help those who need them. It's the chronic use of these drugs and our overdependence on them that are causing just an unbelievable problem in this country. So much so that drug overdose, not illegal, but legal drug overdose, is the leading cause of death for Americans under the age of 50. The leading cause of death. Why is it so many people are taking these drugs? Why is it that so many times we have so many people, even though we know the the detrimental side effects? Well, in addition to a lot of uh, doctors being, being held almost imprisoned, I would say, with the ideology that they either have to prescribe or they're not doing their job. But there are so many doctors that do such a fantastic job examining, evaluating, and trying to help their patients the right way, regardless of the initials they put behind their name. But the drug industry can combat this. When they spend $62 million a week, $62 million a week on drug advertisements, they are brainwashing or actually reprogramming our ideology and thinking when it comes to, if I have these symptoms, I should probably get on this drug. If I have XYZ, I'm going to need drug ABC. You see the correlation and it's repetition. If I constantly tell you, you are fat, you are fat, you are fat, and eventually tell you this will help you lose your fat. This is the only way to lose your fat. When patients show up at the doctor's office, they are inevitably and subconsciously, sometimes consciously even, saying, doctor, I already know what I have. I was told I know I'm fat, and the only way to get rid of this fat is by taking drug ABC. Doctors are now put in a corner where even though good doctors want to examine and evaluate, they are almost held hostage by the fact that they have to appease their patients and prescribe them the drug of choice and or something to that extent similarly. So let's just jump into what is going on in this country and the difference between health care and sick care. Sick care is the model that many of us are familiar with. Sick care is a reactive type of health care in this country. Sick care is reaction to, I have an injury, I have an ailment, I have a disease, I have something wrong, I'm going to now go to the doctor, they're going to examine me and evaluate me, they're going to prescribe a medication or a rehab protocol or a whatever kind of recommendation they give, and then I go home and then I follow their recommendation. This is fine and dandy. However, what I like to use the analogy in my office is it is similar to the hamster wheel of healthcare. It is, okay, Jump on the hamster wheel, pedal, 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 jump off the hamster wheel. Oh, another injury, got to jump back on the hamster wheel of healthcare, react to it, go off of it, react to it, go off of it. And just like the hamster wheel, it doesn't get you anywhere. You could run as fast as you like, but you're not going to go anywhere, but stay right where you are. Compare that with healthcare, true healthcare. 
Healthcare is proactive care. You're being proactive about your care. You don't just need to focus on symptoms, which is what sick care does, which that's why it's reactive. With healthcare, you're focusing on the system, not the symptom. So all sorts of systems, uh, this go falls under the umbrella of all systems. And you're also under the healthcare system, not the sick care system. The true healthcare proactive system, you're focusing on the root cause. You're trying to figure out with your patient, why do they have these symptoms? Not just because why are the symptoms prevalent, but why do they have the symptoms and how to resolve them so they don't come back. This works in all facets of healthcare, chiropractic care, physical therapy, acupuncture, massage, psychology, nutrition, even medicine. There are many medical doctors that follow the healthcare protocol. But a wide majority of the doctors in this country, medical doctors follow the sick care protocol, where they're aiding their patients by being just reactive. You have this symptom, come see me, we'll get you on the right prescription or right plan, and then that's it, I'll never see you again. Whereas if we actually focus on the root cause, how many more problems could we resolve? How many more satisfied patients would we have? How many more healthy individuals and healthy society would we have, cities, states, our whole country? Think about that for a moment. When it comes to proactive care, you have to think about it on a linear scale. If you look at a line and you're traveling down the line from left to right, if the line is anywhere, let's just hypothetically, if you had a piece of paper and you drew a line that was six inches, Well, for the first five inches going left to right, we call that from normal to inch five, if you have the marker, is when your symptoms start to show up. From the time the symptoms show up, the last inch, we go symptoms showing up, and the last inch, we'll call it the end of that is permanent damage done to your body because you make morphological changes. That last inch is when you're going to have an increase in pain. That last inch on that linear scale is when you're going to have a lot of people be reactive and report to their doctor for the care they need. But if you're proactive, think about how much more you can achieve. Because that, if we use that linear line example, now the first five inches of going down that linear line, you can be proactive to not only have the symptoms lessened, and maybe sometimes in many regards not even show up, but fix the problem to prevent other future injuries and ailments. When it comes to phases of care, I like to use analogy in my office. We do the three R's, relief, repair, and rejuvenate. The first phase of care is pain relief. That is the phase of care in which we're dealing simply with decreasing inflammation and decreasing pain in the body. This is symptom-centric. That means it's a focus on your symptom, symptoms of pain, symptoms of inflammation, symptoms of numbness and tingling, symptoms of achiness, stiffness, the list goes on and on. Once you complete this phase in which we're able to decrease those symptoms, we can then graduate you to phase two, which is tissue repair. Tissue repair is actually focusing on fixing the problem after you've decreased the symptoms aforementioned. It's important 
it's an important phase because it not only helps to resolve the matter at hand, but also to decrease the chances of future injuries or ailments. It is vital to the improvement of your health for the long term, not just for the short term. And of course, the last phase of care, what I like to call the rejuvenation or maintenance phase, is where you're promoting healthy function of the body. And that's all systems of the body. From the musculoskeletal system is your bone and muscles, to your cardiac system, of course, your heart and your blood vessels, to your respiratory system of your lungs, to the nervous system, your brain and spinal cord, and your lymphatic system, which is the so-called trash and garbage men of your body, helping carry out the cell waste so you're able to remain more vibrant, much more energetic, and you don't become lethargic, regardless of age. So you want to maintain proper functionality of your entire system, and this is done in the maintenance phase. So when it comes to your health care, it's a very simple choice. Do you wish to follow a health care model in which you are actually focusing on the root cause, focusing on the system and not just the symptom, and promoting proper health and functionality? Or are you choosing to engage in the sick care model in which you are predominantly being proactive, I'm sorry, sorry, reactive, pardon me, you're being reactive with your care and you're actually just waiting for your symptoms to show up and then resolve them with drugs and or an uh, rehabilitation program and then simply wait for the next ailment to come by. The choice is very simple it comes down to you. But I always tell patients, when, especially when it comes to healthcare, costs are a huge determining factor. Many people say, well, I don't have the money to be able to live healthy. I don't have the money to eat right or take care of myself or go visit a holistic health doctor. However, I'm here to tell you, you have to stop thinking that way. Simply put, you have to take into consideration when it comes to finances, the money's already spent. If you put that in your mind now, plant that seed, the money is already spent. Because when it comes to health, you have two options. Either you invest today or you pay tomorrow. One way or another, you're going to spend money on your health. The only choice is, are you willing to invest today to promote your health and wellness, or are you going to wait until tomorrow, whether that tomorrow is actually tomorrow, a week, a month, five, ten years down the line. But understand, financially speaking, you will inevitably spend that money. Are you going to be playing catch-up with your health, or will you be promoting your health and living your best life in the healthiest and happiest way? The choice is yours, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast number four, Healthcare in America. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, Again, my name is Dr. Sam Rasool. I want to thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast episode. I look forward to continuing these podcasts where we discuss healthcare topics of prevalence, not only our country, but globally. And as always, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, and live a healthy and happy life.